Hey everyone, this is Alex Miller. Welcome to episode six of the Barbell Den. On today's episode, we're going to talk about better sleep, specifically seven sleep hygiene tips. I think the framework for today is I'll introduce the theme, right? Like caffeine, the science when it makes sense and isn't overly complex, and the way I incorporate that theme into my daily life. To me, sleep is the ultimate habit. It's the habit that serves as the foundation to build other habits. It's the classic sharpen the saw activity. So if you get a good eight, eight hours every night, those other 16 hours of the day are going to be way better. So I think with things like diet and exercise, right, you can post it on Instagram and say, hey, look at this meal that I'm having, or hey, look at this workout I just did. But no one ever says, hey, look at, here's a picture of me sleeping for eight hours. Yay. So it's a really important habit. And I think it is, Matt Walker calls it the neglected stepchild of the of the health equation or something like that. So um, again, I think it's the third pillar of health. Exercise and nutrition are more obvious, but, but sleep is a little bit less obvious. Why I wanted to talk about sleep specifically on this podcast, I think in January, my sleep got a little bit messed up and I'm really, as an point of emphasis in February, I really want to focus on my sleep. So selfishly, I'm using this podcast as a way to to force me to to organize my thoughts and articulate my strategy to the audience. There's two specific days I'm thinking about in, in particular where my sleep was altered and I could just sense the uh, the impact that it had on my sleep, right? I think I was probably less enjoyable to be around or rather, I, I think I'm always probably not enjoyable to be around, but even more so. And my pickleball game severely deteriorated. You, you think I'm kidding? really on both of those, but especially on the second one, the two days I'm thinking about my game was, was, was trash. And I think I was probably a little bit more, I probably got a little bit more aggravated than I usually do. And I'm usually pretty, um, even tempered on the court. A couple other just housekeeping items before we jump into the seven tips for this podcast, you know, this episode and the podcast in general, I do imagine it being buffet style, which is to say, you don't have to like every podcast, even with this episode. If there's one thing that you get out of the episode that you can incorporate, to me, that's a win. And the other thing, just from an overarching standpoint before we get into some of the more specifics, I don't follow these things religiously, right? I try to follow the 80% rule. There are things that I'm not, like, life is to be lived, right? So I do my best to follow these, but if there is a special event, or if I sleep in one day, it's not that I get all bent out of shape. Like, these are guides. The human body is very robust and resilient. So it's not to say that if you don't follow everything to a T that you are never going to sleep again. So again, I, I do think that that sort of disclaimer is important. I do want to give a special shout out to Matt Walker and Andrew Huberman. I would say these are my two go-to folks for, for sleep. Matt Walker is a professor of neuroscience at Cal Berkeley. He read the book, Why We Sleep. He runs the Matt Walker podcast. I think I mentioned on a previous episode that Andrew Huberman had my favorite podcast of 2021. Matt Walker definitely had my favorite podcast of 2019. He was on Finding Mastery with Michael Gervais in, in July of 2019. And I shared that podcast a ton. I don't think anyone listened to it because it was about like an hour and a half on sleep. People were like, this is way too long. Andrew Huberman, I've talked about him before. He's a professor of neurobiology at Stanford. He runs the Huberman Lab podcast. So again, most of the content comes from, from both of these guys from a science perspective. And again, I'm trying to sort of bundle all their content in an easy to, to understand format in, in hopefully a short amount of time today. My hope is that if you're this far, you know sleep is important. But I will, I, I guess, say this one last thing before we jump into the seven themes. Uh, there was a study 
where basically the scientists put two people side by side, one slept for five hours, one slept for eight hours. And basically they were people were asked to look at these people and determine who was more attractive. And the person who was more well slept um, was, you know, statistically in a statistically significant way was deemed more attractive. So I feel like everyone wants to be considered more attractive. There's a bunch of other stuff on testosterone, hunger, fullness, mood, etc. Again, that's probably outside of the scope of this podcast today. If you're listening, I think you're smart enough to know sleep is important. If you don't think sleep is important, I, I, I got nothing for you. Disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor and none of the content in this podcast should be considered medical advice nor prescriptive in any way. So let's jump into the seven themes. And remember, I'm going to introduce the theme. I'm going to talk about the science when it makes sense. And then I'll talk about like how I make it actionable. So theme number one is regularity. And this is the number one thing that Matt Walker talks about. So whether it's the weekend, during the week, try to wake up at the same time and go to bed at the same time every single day. This is the number one thing when I, whenever I'm in a good cadence with my sleep, or if you take one thing away from this podcast, it'd be this one. If I sleep in too late, I'm screwed for the next night. If I want to get extra sleep, I try not to go to bed too early, right? I always remember, I think it was in fifth grade, I did one of those March Madness pools and I had Kansas to to win. And I, if Kansas won the championship game, I would win the money. It was like 400 bucks. I think I ended up buying like an iPad mini. Um, nonetheless, the day before, I tried to go to bed extra early and I I didn't sleep the whole night. So the challenge is, right, when you go to bed too early, your body isn't ready to go to bed yet. Then you get into this cascading spiral effect, right? And then you can't fall asleep the whole night. So remember, whether it's weekends during the week, et cetera, try to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. So when the weekends, when I'm out late, I'm usually not out that late, but even if I am out late, I do try to wake up at 6, 6.30 because I know that, um, you know, I'm going to be screwed the next day if, if I sleep in too late. Okay. So the next theme, theme number two is light. And I do just want to get into circadian rhythm, just define circadian rhythm quickly um, because I think this will come up a lot in the seven themes. So what circadian means is about a day. Basically, the, the way to think about it is your your brain has a master clock. It's about 24 hours. You But you need to give your brain environmental cues to let your brain know what time of day it is. Light is the best cue. There was a really cool study about two men who basically lived in a cave. And the key outcome of the study was that if you take away all the environmental cues, the circadian rhythm is actually more than 24 hours. So I think based on your age and your personal genetics, right? So one guy after 30 days was like 26 hours and another guy was like 28 hours. So the idea is your, your master clock is not perfect and you need to do your best to give it cues to, to let your brain know what time of day it is. So you want light early in the day and darkness late in the day. Matt Walker has this really cool analogy where he talks about light is the uh, the dial on the side of your wristwatch to sort of fine tune the time, right? So have you ever had a watch that's like a little bit, it's not perfect, right? It's like maybe like 10 or 15 minutes off. And then like every couple of days, you're like, wow, what? it's 10 or 15 minutes off again. Like what happened? This, this light is the adjustment on your wrist, wristwatch. It's the calibration effect. 
Again, you want light early in the day, telling your brain, hey, wake up, and then darkness late in the day. All of these cues tell your brain, hey, I should be more awake, or hey, I should get ready for bed. So the way I try to make this actionable is I do try to take a walk first thing in the morning for about 15 minutes. Same thing in the early evening, about 15 minutes. From an evolutionary perspective, and I did talk a little bit about this on on episode one, this makes sense, right? Hey, sun is up, time to wake up, not be sleepy. Hey, sun's going down, might be time for bed soon, right? So that's that's my caveman talk. So 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening, even on a cloudy day, there's more light than a bright indoor light, so it is good to get outside. Sunglasses are no good in the morning, right? You want that light to, to, to hit your eyes. Obviously, you're not going to be staring at the sun directly. Like Just like being outside, there's a lot more, more light that will, will enter your eyes. And also, blue light glasses should be evening only, right? Because if you do blue light glasses in the morning, your brain is not going to get that wake-up signal that it needs in the morning. Other just tricks tricks that I think about, dimming lights one to two hours before bed. Again, this is that darkness signal. So now when I'm watching Netflix, I'm watching that new show with with Kristen Bell. What's it called? Like the woman next door in the window. It's actually pretty good. I might cut that part out. I'm not sure if that's good for my uh, my macho game. But So when I'm watching Netflix, I'll, I'll dim lights one or two hours before bed. And you actually be surprised at how sleepy you get. So I'd actually challenge everyone to try that. Like just turn the lights off an hour or two before bed. And um, that darkness signal is is really powerful to um, inducing that sleep effect. No electronics thirty minutes before bed. So once I'm done with that Kristen Bell show, I'll I'll turn off I'll turn off Netflix and I'll try to just like lay there with like a podcast or something about thirty minutes before I get into bed. So the 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 thing with light is early in the day get that light. Late in the day you you want darkness just to tell your brain, hey, time for bed or hey. Time to wake up and be active. For what it's worth, too, I slept like shit last night. Um, so I'm definitely in a really good place to give everyone advice on how to sleep. So thanks for tuning in. Theme number three is temperature. Now, the, the science on temperature is a little bit trickier, so I'm probably not going to go into as much detail as I did on the previous two. But for you to fall asleep, your core body temperature needs to drop about two or three degrees. Matt Walker said something that I found really interesting that when a doctor, a lot of times with insomnia patients, the first line of defense from doctors is to lower the temperature in the room by three or five degrees. So again, the science is a little bit more tricky, so I'm going to go right to the tips. I like to sleep with it at 65 degrees. I have this joke, actually used to have it on my Hinge profile. If you sleep with it above 70 degrees, swipe the other way because I do not want to sleep like shit for the next 60 years of my life, even if she is great, I can't do that. So sleep with it at 65 degrees. I also have a chili pad for those who don't know what a chili pad is. It's basically like a, a water lining on your bed that I can really cool the temperature of my bed. That's a little expensive though. So a more democratic tip, lower your core body temperature, hacks to do that. If you do, I, I like to do the sauna when I can later in the evening or a hot shower. Both of these things do, and again, I'm not going to get into the science, but they do lower your core body temperature, so it will help you fall asleep. One other thing that I've been thinking a lot about is exercising late at night. This is a really bad one for me because it raises your core body temperature. So I've actually started to cut out a lot of this exercise. Like I used to play soccer late, pickleball, etc. So I've really stopped exercising late at night. 
because I know that I sleep terribly. So on the temperature thing, lower the, the temperature of your room a little bit. You can use a sauna or hot shower and then maybe just watch exercise late at night. I know that last one, I find a little bit more personal. Like I, I do have some friends that can work late, late at night or work out late at night and, and be fine. Okay, now we're gonna get into some really fun themes. Theme number four is caffeine. Now, the thing with caffeine and with alcohol, which hint is is theme number five, my key takeaway from reading Matt's book was that with both caffeine and alcohol, even if you say, hey, I slept well, the quality of your sleep will be impacted. So basically, if they hooked you up and you generated electrical signals, if you had caffeine in your system or alcohol in your system, even if you said, hey, I slept great, the electrical signals would indicate differently. With caffeine, and I would never give up caffeine, just to be clear. And yeah, it's non-negotiable. Even if Matt Walker said, hey, if you drink caffeine, you're never gonna sleep again, I probably would just keep drinking caffeine and then I guess die of of sleep exhaustion. But so the the cool thing that Matt Walker says is the half-life of caffeine is five hours. The quarter life is 10 to 12 hours. Said differently, if you have a cup of Starbucks at 8 a.m., I'm going to bleep Starbucks out. They, they got to pay for that. They got to pay for that advertising. If 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 you drink a cup of Starbucks at 8 a.m., 12 hours later at 8 p.m., it would be the equivalent of drinking a quarter cup of that, right? That's how long it takes your body to process it. So again, for me, I would never cut out caffeine. So I really like Matt Walker has these pretty actionable tips. Limit to one to three cups, cut off 12 hours before bedtime. So I generally do that. I do really like the taste of coffee. So I've been doing more decaf coffee late, uh, um, lately, whether that is later in the morning after my cup of caffeinated coffee or maybe after dinner if me and my friends are having a good time. So on the caffeine front, I've been trying to cut off after three cups and then 12 hours before bedtime. So generally after 10 a.m., I used to do noon, but after doing the research for this podcast, I'm going to try to do 10 a.m., no more caffeine. And now we're really getting the fun stuff. Theme number five is alcohol. The key point here is sedation is not sleep. When Matt Walker talks about alcohol, he really, he doesn't call it sleep. He calls it sedation. And he really makes a point to say, look, you're not sleeping, you're sedated. So just because you're losing consciousness faster doesn't mean that you're sleeping. He makes a clear delineation between sleep and losing consciousness. This is the other really demoralizing thing that he says. He, Matt Walker says, for your sleep not to be impacted by alcohol, you basically would have to drink in the morning. And the reason why that is, is it takes your body time to process the alcohol. Specifically, your your sleep will be fragmented. So whether or not you realize it, I think sometimes you will realize, hey, like I woke up more times. But even if you don't, sometimes that fragmented sleep is actually unconscious. So because it's not continuous, it's not restorative. There's also a reduction in REM sleep, otherwise known as dream sleep. This is important for mental health. There's a lot of other things that happen during dream sleep that are outside of the scope of this episode. But I just say, when you drink alcohol, your sleep is fragmented. You're not getting dream sleep. Um, and it's important to understand the delineation between, hey, I had five glasses of wine, slept great, versus, hey, I went to bed and got eight hours on a Wednesday night. Like th- those two, those are not the same, right? And I think that's the important takeaway. Now, when I think about making this actionable, my theme here is I'm just more deliberate and thoughtful when I drink. This year, I have bachelor parties 
weddings, et cetera. Like I want to drink there. I want to be with my friends. I want to have a good time. I think my current view is, hey, can I remove like the unnecessary drinking? So for example, I went out to dinner with my sister and my cousins this weekend. We had a great time. You know, when they came around to me, I said, hey, I'll just have a water night. Didn't make a big deal out of it. And I we had a, we had a great time. So I think I'm just trying to be more deliberate and thoughtful. Like, I know this is going to impact my sleep, which is fine. You know, is that something I want to do tonight? And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. But I'm not at the point where I'm like, I'm going to cut out alcohol because I know this. Again, life is to be lived. Life is fun. I like alcohol, especially when I'm with my friends. And it's, it's awesome to be social. So again, I just like to have more data points. Now you as a listener, you have more data points to say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's like a Thursday night and, you know, I want to have a glass of wine with dinner. And that, that's fine. I'm really, I'm really craving it tonight. You know, it's like maybe, you know what? Maybe I don't need it tonight and I'm going to sleep a little bit better. I'm trying to give the data points. You can make the, the decision. Number six is duration. So how much sleep do you really need? Matt Walker has this really cool quote where he's like, the amount of people that can sleep less than, I think it's less than six hours without showing cognitive decline rounded to the nearest whole number is zero. That to me has always stuck with me. It's like all these people who are sleeping four or five hours. As a quick aside, there was someone who told me a few months ago, like, hey, I sleep four or five hours. And I think he was expecting me to be like, dude, that's awesome. Like, you're such a grinder, bro. I was like, you know, that's really bad for you, right? And he was just like, no, I'm fine. I operate fine on four hours of sleep. So again, to each their own, that's fine. Um, But if you think you operate optimally less than six or seven hours, I think you're, you're, you're kidding yourself. But again, my hope is that if you're this far in the episode, we're not having that discussion. And the guy who who said that probably has, has tuned out um, right when he saw I was on sleep. He's like, oh, I don't need that one. I sleep fine. I sleep, I get my, my 24 hours of sleep uh, throughout the whole week. So I think, now back to like how much duration do you need? Seven to nine hours seems about right. This is personal. For me, I try not to go below seven. And I heard this good point. Like if you want to get seven, you need a sleeping window of 7.5 hours, right? So you might need to give yourself a half hour just to, to maybe get to bed. So I like to give myself eight and a half hours from a sweep, uh, a sleeping window perspective. So right, like about 10 to 630 right now, because we're in the dead of winter. I think in the in the summer months, I, I, might, I might push that up a little bit. My favorite sanity check on did you get enough sleep is if you didn't set up, set an alarm clock, would you wake up before the alarm clock? Like I love the feeling I get when I sleep well and I wake up for my alarm clock. Sometimes it'd be like 615, I slept well, the sun's coming out. So that's a good sanity check as you maybe try to get into a better sleeping routine if you are, um, if you're thinking about, hey, am I getting enough sleep? Matt Walker has this other really insightful, thoughtful point where he says, evolution didn't have to solve for this. Like where else in the animal kingdom are lions saying, hey, I don't want to sleep eight hours. I want to sleep four hours because I'm a grinder. (laughs) So evolution doesn't have a good at this juncture in 2022, doesn't have a good, uh, doesn't have a way to combat this grinder mentality. So I thought that was really insightful. Like where else in the animal kingdom do you like, hey, the the king of the the lions or the you know the, the best great white shark, like he's he's an alpha because he sleeps four hours, whereas the betas are all sleeping eight hours. Like evolution didn't have to solve for this. That's why I think it's like it's kind of stupid not to try to get your eight hours of sleep. Now there are times when right you you can't get eight hours, 
right? A lot of people with newborn kids and stuff like that. But when you have the chance, you should try to get it eight hours. The other thing I think is LeBron James, Roger Federer, Usain Bolt, they really are into even more like nine, 10 hours of sleep. So, so do you want to follow guys like that? Or maybe the guys that are like, hey, I, I sleep four hours and I'm a grinder and blah, 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 blah. As I mentioned earlier, to me, this is a classic sharpen the salt activity. <laughs> There's really not a way to make it actionable other than, hey, give yourself an eight and a half hour sleeping window. Just the last thing, theme number seven, if you can't fall asleep, right, what do you do? So there's two things, or a couple things that I try to do. One is I've removed all clock faces in my bed. Basically, anytime you wake up in the middle of the night and you look at the clock, it's an anxiety inducer. So I've tried to remove cut that out. So even like if I get up in the middle of the night and go to the kitchen and grab a glass of water, I'll make a point not to look at the clock, whether it's 3am or 5am or whatever. If it's before your alarm clock, it doesn't matter. I just try to go back to bed and, and try to fall asleep. Even like sometimes I'll, I'll put on a podcast in the middle of the night if I can't fall asleep and I'll try to one, not look at the phone light and two, not look at the time. Also, if anyone knows, I listen to Spotify. There's a shortcut where I can say, Hey, turn on a podcast like using Siri, I guess I probably have to use the Apple podcast app. The second thing is if you aren't tired, get out of bed, or if you can't fall asleep, get out of bed. So if you find yourself just laying in bed, unable to fall asleep, the advice is get out of bed. Like I'll go to the couch and listen to a podcast or uh, read a book, keeping the lights dim, not looking at the clock. But the point is your brain is a, is a super associated associative instrument, right? So the other example, that's a classic one, as they said in this work from home environment due to COVID, try to delineate between, hey, my kitchen is for fun and like try not to work in your kitchen, your living room, right? Like have a specific area for 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 working and for playing, right? Because your brain is very associative. So if you are in bed and you can't fall asleep, try to get out of bed. Your bed should be the place for sleep and, and sleep alone. And then I think the, the cascading effect is, if you continue to remain in bed and you get into a, a bad habit of, hey, I can't fall asleep, I can't fall asleep, I can't fall asleep, night after night after night, your brain starts to associate your bed with not being able to be tired. Bed is only when you are sleepy. I've done some weird things. I've like slept on the floor or went to the floor, went to the couch, trying not to stay in my bed when I'm unsleepy because the, it's so important for the bed, for your brain to associate the bed with sleepiness. So that's theme seven, no clock faces, only be in bed when you are ready to sleep. My parting advice to you would be to try a regular sleep schedule for one week with eight hours and just see how you feel. Right. I think that's actually the best the best advice I can give you is even if you just get one day, just observe how you feel, write it down, hey, I felt pretty good today. Or maybe you're like, hey, I don't feel any difference. And then also if you sleep, if you have a really bad night's sleep, as I did last night, I recognize how how shitty I feel. And yeah, so that this way if the podcast is super shitty today, I can say, Hey, I didn't sleep well, so it's not my fault. Anyway, I appreciate you making it this far. I think this is a good place to wrap for today. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Instagram at A22Mill. And definitely let me know if you have feedback for the show or anything else you want to reach out about. Thanks so much and I'll catch you next week.